first Grand Slam title, world number one status. These are the things at stake on Sunday's final at Flushing Meadows for the US Open 2022 final between Carlos Alcaraz and Casper Ruud. Two extremely talented young young players coming through on the men's side who have, well, I was going to say blown the competition away, but not without some trials and tribulations for sure. We're going to break it down. Before we do, remember to hit the like button and subscribe if you are new on YouTube. And also, if you're listening on a podcast platform, remember to leave a rating or review. Really does help us out. Thank you to everyone that is still liking the videos, supporting the channel. It really, really does help. And we are growing, so we do appreciate it. Let's get into this. Before I start, I want to also mention that we will be doing a live watch-along commentary for the men's final, which is, of course, Carlos Alcaraz versus Casper Ruud. And also we were doing a women's uh, live commentary watch along for Iga Sviontek versus Ons Jabeur. What I'm going to do is I'm going to break this down in three parts as I normally do. So the first part is going to be looking at their head-to-head previous matches, how they might have gone, uh, what we can then take from it as well. Then also looking at their route to the final. And then finally with a strategic breakdown of how the match might play out, what to look out for. And I will be also catering in the mental and physical sides of things, which will probably be in the second second part of the video, which will be when I go through the route to the final and how that might have an effect as well, because there's definitely some factors mentally and physically as well uh, to cater in. It's not just a case of ability. Uh, you know, Both players have played a lot of matches, uh, some more than others in terms of hours. So on court, so it's definitely something to cater in and bear in mind, I think, when we talk about the final and how it might play out. So let's then first of all talk about their head-to-head. So they've actually played twice. Um, they've also, well, unofficially played three times because they played in, played in Hurlingham, which is an exhibition tournament in the UK. Rude won that in straight sets, but it doesn't count towards their head-to-head. So the head-to-head is actually two love to Alcaraz. Uh, once was this year in the Miami final where Alcaraz won the final in straight sets, 7-5, 6-4. And then in Marbella, in Spain in 2021, Alcaraz also won in straight sets. That was on the clay. So they've only played once on the hard courts. Alcaraz winning this year. I don't want to look into that a huge amount because I watched the highlights of that actually the other day. Uh, well, yesterday actually, because I thought, look, I remember watching it from start to finish, but I wanted to refresh my memory and, and get an idea of the Kasparud that played in Miami. Is that, a, that, is that the same Kasparud as today? It's not. It's a very, very different Kasparud, especially on the hard courts. He's improved dramatically in the last six months on hard courts. Uh, for Alcaraz as well, he's definitely made improvements, whether they're incremental or drastic ones. He's definitely made some improvements, no doubt. Being only 19 years of age, he is uh, he's evolving all the time. So then let's talk about the route to the final. So for Alcaraz, it was and has been a pretty tough route. At the start, it looked pretty good. He was winning in straight sets against Baez, Korea, Brooksby, uh, and then Chilich, Sinner, TFO. All five setters played over 13 hours of tennis on court over those three matches. Had to save a match point against Sinner in the fourth set of that tie, then end up winning in five. TFO had a match point of his own in the fourth set in that match and then didn't convert, had to get taken to a fifth set after losing the tiebreaker. One thing to bear in mind is that in against Chilich and Sinner, the two sets he lost were both tiebreakers. He didn't actually win a tiebreaker in either. So I'm wondering whether... He, 
he's building a slight reputation for not being particularly good in tiebreakers. And I wonder whether Rude might take confidence from taking Alcaraz potentially to a tiebreaker. Rude is someone who does tend to have and play quite a few tiebreakers in his matches because he's a particularly good returner um, as well as a serving pretty well in his spot. So he doesn't normally get broken. But if he's playing against a, someone who is also serving very well, uh, then of course you end up getting taken to a tiebreaker because neither can break. So he's just historically tended to have quite a few tiebreakers in his matches that have been tight. So something to look out for when we do watch the final. For Casper Ruud, uh, and by the way, also, Alcaraz playing against TFO and Sinner, two potential match of the year candidates, for sure. Uh, Rude played Card Edmund, beat him in straight sets in the first round, then Van Rijtoven in four, Tommy Paul in five. That was a fantastic match. Uh, I know he bageled him in the last set, but I think every set was a tiebreaker bar one, which Rude won 7-5. And then Berrettini uh, fell to Rude in straight sets. Rude playing some incredible tennis for the first two sets. Uh, Berrettini was up 5-2 in the, in the final and third set. And Rude somehow came back and went on to win it 7-6 in a tiebreaker. Again, another tiebreaker. Eh? Rude Hatchinov uh, beating him in four sets. And the, guess what? There was a tiebreaker in there. So Rude seems to be having tiebreakers left, right, and center. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have another tiebreaker in this match because Alcaraz has been having tiebreakers too. We'll see. We'll see. Right, so that's their route to the final. Now, how does that have a bearing, I guess, on the match? So there's a couple of factors. The first one is I talked about Alcaraz's time on court. He has had a lot of tennis played uh, recently, you know, and he hasn't shown any real issues. Like he hasn't called the trainer, uh, had to get stretched out or had cramp or, you know, had treatment on something from what we've seen any on court. Of course, you know, he probably has had something done in terms of ice baths and you know, rehabilitation and just making sure that his muscles are nice and loose. And, you know, how the physio massaging, working on his body at all times, making sure that he's going to be ready for this final. So from a physical standpoint, I'm hoping he's going to be okay. But if I'm being honest, I don't remember the last time someone won four five set matches in a row to win a Grand Slam. I don't remember. It's probably happened, but I don't remember it. A lot of people saying, well, he's only 19 years of age, so he's fresh, so he'll be fine. Now, his ability to be so conditioned isn't really proportionate to his age. A lot of 19-year-olds tend to cramp up a lot because of the build-up of lactic acid. Um, their bodies aren't quite as mature, potentially, as well. Um, I would actually say if you know, he was in his mid-20s, maybe late-20s Alcaraz, then I could maybe understand it a bit more because he's at his physical peak. He's not at his physical peak yet. He's not. I mean, well, I say that. Generally, your physical peak is in your mid to late-20s. For Alcaraz, maybe he is peaking at 19. I don't know. Some, some, some people do. It's not as common, but it's possible. But generally, you know, he has almost been superhuman in the way that he's managed to recover. So I'm wondering whether in the final we do see a more sluggish type of Alcaraz. Now, I did say he'd lose the first set to TFO, which he did, but it wasn't because he played badly. TFO played really well, I thought, in that first, and he lost in a tiebreaker. So again, could have gone either way. For Casper Rude, he's not had as much time on court at all, right? So... 
the last three matches he's played, he's only dropped two sets. So he's going into this a lot more fresh, uh, with lighter legs, you'd imagine. So I guess we'll find out how it plays out. But I have a feeling that the start of the start of the match, Alcaraz will might look a little bit leggy, but he probably will recover um, and, and kind of get into his groove come the second set. That's my feeling anyway. Then there's the mental factor, which is there's two things to talk about here. The first one is it's Alcaraz's first ever Grand Slam final. So there's definitely going to be nerves on his end, which probably I think, you know, combined with, of course, the potential hangover of the last three, five setters might then compound him to play not particularly well for the first set or so, uh, which means I, I would imagine, and I wouldn't be surprised if Rude takes the first set, but who knows, maybe Alcaraz comes out and blows him away, breaks early doors, somehow takes the first set with ease. You know what? I could be wrong. But that's just how I see it. So first ever Grand Slam final, he talked about nerves in his post-match interview as well, saying that, you know, he's going to be nervous. There's a lot of pressure given that is, you know, he's the he's the favourite. So he's never won a Grand Slam title. He's never made a Grand Slam final. He's never been one number one. It's his chance to win, though, a Grand Slam title, first one, and become one number one. The pressure on his shoulders being the favourite. There's a lot of different factors mentally going on here. Like, there's a lot of different things, moving parts. He'll be thinking about it. He will feel the pressure, no doubt. Kasparud. Now for him, I actually think this is a great thing mentally for him because there's not really much pressure on him. Honestly, there isn't. People expect Alcaraz to win. So he's the underdog going into this. Despite it being his second ever Grand Slam final or, and his second Grand Slam final of the year, he's the underdog. But he'll go into this slightly fresher. He'll go into this uh, with an interesting outlook as well because it's his second ever Grand Slam final. So he has the experience that Alcaraz doesn't. He knows what it's like to play on the biggest stage, uh, you know, and not just on the biggest stage, but against the GOAT in Nadal as well. So that should put him in good stead for this final in terms of uh, a mental edge. Uh, and I actually think he might have a slight mental edge on Alcaraz when it comes to these factors uh, because Rude, as I said, has been there, done it. Well, he's been there, hasn't done it yet, hasn't worn the T-shirt yet, but he's almost there, right? It's been a very good year for him. And as I said, yeah, no one expects him to win, I don't think. Well, a lot of people don't. But I think this is very close to being a 50-50 just because of all the outside factors, the, the physical factors, the mental factors, um, and also Rude's been playing extremely well, no doubt as well. So I know Alcaraz is seen as, as the favourite, and I can see why, but I don't think he's as clear a favourite as people might think. I think it's more like 55-45, 60-40, if we're talking about percentage-wise. The other thing is then for Alcaraz is and Rude is how have they been mentally in terms of the matches? Now, both have been pretty ice-cold, but especially Alcaraz, saving that match point against Sinner, He's fought through the end, and he'll fight. He'll fight. I mean, he will just continue. Even if he's on one leg, you know, his legs are cramping, he can barely move, he will try and adapt. He will fight. He might not win, but he will try. He will try and try and try. And that is, of course, a massive factor of his game, his competitive nature, which is similar to Rafa in the sense that he just doesn't give up. Defensively, he's extremely hard to break down, and he just will keep going and going and going and not just give up on points. For Kasparud, 
you know, mentally he's been pretty good. I think he's been able to serve uh, and play quite clutch in the big moments. And he's been quite clinical in some of the matches, especially against Berrettini. I was impressed in the first two sets. So uh, he has a lot of confidence going into this final for sure. Right, let's then finally talk about it from a tactical and strategic point of view, and then I'll give you my prediction. So there's a few factors. We can talk about serve return dynamic first. And I think, you know, rude serve has been much improved, but it's not on the same level as a TFO. It's not on the same level as a um, a sinner, personally. Um, his first serve, though, is quite close to both. His first serve, that is. And the reason why his first serve is, is not necessarily the actual first serve, it's the first serve point as a whole. Because normally he'll make his first serve in and he will hit his spots. He won't go down the middle of the box. Uh, it's not a massive serve. It's big enough. But then it's what he backs it up with. And normally it's a forehand. And his serve one plus plays is up there with someone like a Sitsipas is, is one of the best on tour. It's an incredible combination. Uh, the forehand that he hits is normally extremely, extremely well struck with good spin, good depth, uh, and really then puts the opponent on the back foot straight away. For Alcaraz, you know, his returning has been very, very good, though. So I think, especially behind the second serve of Rude, he will probably step in like he did against TFO, and he'll try to be aggressive on the second serve return. That could be where Rude gets hurt quite a bit. So he'll be wanting to make a lot of first serves in for sure. Um, he might try and target the Alcaraz backhand return, but that also looked a bit better against TFO. And I feel like playing against Sinner and TFO has helped gain some confidence on his backhand side. He, well, a lot more than he had in the past, I think. He always knew it was a pretty good tool, but uh, there have been some question marks around his defensive abilities and capabilities on the backhand side, including for myself. But as of late in the last very, very recent, recent past, um, it's looked okay. It's look, it hasn't looked too bad. There's still some issues there you can tell, but it's not as much or as big a problem as I thought it might be. So that's a good sign. For Carlos Alcaraz, he's been serving better as well. He's been hitting his spots, maybe not serving the 130 plus that I saw from him early in the year or late or you know, last year. But what, he, what I think he's done is he's hitting with a bit more spin, but also he, with a bit more accuracy. I felt like before he was hitting like 130 mile per hour flat down the middle of the box. Now he's actually hitting his spots, which is great to see. Uh, Rude has also been returning well. Now, his backhand return is a bit weaker than Alcaraz's, but his backhand is much improved, and we'll talk about that in more detail in a second. But he's been returning extremely well, Rude, as well. And the biggest positive for me is that he's not been standing extremely far back in a lot of the points. I know Alcaraz has varied his return position against um, TFO for the first several times. He was very far back. Against Rude's first serve, I don't think he should be. I don't think Rude will be scared to come serve volley. And if he does, then Alcaraz will be on the back foot. So I think he needs to close down that return uh, position, make sure he's kind of locked in. He's not too far back. Similarly for Rude, he's been doing the same thing. He's not been super far back. He's been kind of two meters behind the baseline for his first serve return. And it's put him in good stead. He's returned really well, I thought, aggressively, proactively, and uh, had a lot of success. Of course, breaking Berrettini multiple times in the first two sets of that match. So something to look out for in terms of serve return dynamics. I also think both will try and serve volley at times, I think, uh, which will be exciting to see. Uh, similar to, I guess, the TFO match, um, you know, we had two players, Alcaraz and TFO, who weren't scared to come to the net. They had a little bit of everything. Rude as well now now also has a bit of everything. He's improved his uh, volleying, sorry, even a lot. 
uh, and also his willingness to come to the net. He dictates with his forehand, then comes forward if he needs to finish off the point with a volley and uh, isn't afraid to come forward. So then we go on to the backhand-to-backhand dynamics and forehand-to-forehand and all the other different types of nuances. So backhand-to-backhand is interesting because we know that Rude and Alcaraz will both try and make those backhands into forehands and try and go into out with the forehands or into in. Now, this is where it could get interesting because I think both are going to try and hit good angled backhands to make the other uncomfortable. And that might be why we end up seeing quite a few backhands-to-backhand exchanges. Um, unless, you know, maybe both players aren't particularly comfortable uh, hitting those types of angles consistently, then that's when Alcaraz or Rude will then open up on the forehand side and then, you know, they'll get a bit more comfortable uh, defending that forehand side than the backhand side for sure. What I would say is that Alcaraz's backhand looks really good for the most part against TFO. Hit some fantastic winners, some really, really good strikes I think Rude, uh, unlike a, a Zverev or a Sinner, for example, or a you know a Djokovic, isn't able to hit the backhand with a lot of topspin um, and a lot of pace to then kick up off the court. I think that is a positive for Alcaraz because I think he likes hit, taking into his hitting zone. If it's shoulder height, he struggles to really attack with that ball. So. That'll be interesting to see, but I think Alcaraz will have a bit more success potentially in that exchange. Then the forehand to forehand is interesting because both are going to try and dictate with it. Both have big forehands. I think, you know, for Alcaraz, he's got all these different looks, which is incredible, and it just means that you're never quite out of the point uh, for him anyway. And for Rude, uh, the forehand has been very good, different variety, and you can see that he's able to drag people out wide with his high topspin game. So. We shall see how that pans out. I think we'll also see backhand slices from both players because they'll want to disrupt the rhythm um, of both and you know try and get a foothold in the point uh, by especially if they're they feel they're losing the point to at least get back to neutral. So that's kind of how I how I look at it, and I think you know Alcaraz is a very natural volley at the net for Rude. He's not as natural, but he's getting there for sure. Uh, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of points where both are at the net or one's at the net, trying to get passed, trying to get lobbed. Um, it's going to be so exciting! I just can't wait. Both guys extremely fit, great defensively as well. So it's going to be a real, real high quality match, I imagine. My prediction is Alcaraz in four sets. I think he'll lose the first set to Rude, and I think he'll get into his groove and win. Um, but in saying that. As I said, it's a rude second time at a Grand Slam final. It does make a difference. It really does. Alcaraz is first. If Rude were to win, I wouldn't be too surprised, honestly, because I think he has an ice-cold head on his shoulders at the moment. Uh, so, you know what? The sky's the limit for both players. Uh, but what a, what a tournament it's been. Make sure you tune in to our live commentary for Alcaraz versus Rude. Thank you very much, guys. Stay safe and well, and we'll see you on the next video.